0: Great Loop Radio brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. I'm Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. It's a new year and we want to update everyone on some of the hot topics from 2021 because they are continuing into 2022. And one of those, of course, is the status of the market for previously owned boats because most loopers who are buying a boat for the Great Loop or looking in that space and it's been a challenging time for sure. So my guest today will be Curtis Stokes of Curtis Stokes & Associates. Most of you probably know him, he's been a guest before but he'll update us on what to expect for 2022. Before we jump in I want to take a moment as always to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes & Associates, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And now I would like to officially welcome Curtis Stokes. Curtis, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Good to be here. Although, as you can tell, I'm not in Florida at the moment.
0: No. (laughs) You look like you're dressed a little bit warm for Florida today.
1: Jill said, nobody recognizes me without my white polo shirt. And I said, well, you know, it is uh, 30-some degrees. And I'm back here in Maryland, got in late last night to a whole lot of snow. So I miss Fort Myers already.
0: Yeah, well, thankfully you got in okay last night. Um, So for those, as I said, you have been a a supporter of AGLC for a very long time and and know many loopers, but for those who are new and have not met you yet, just fill us in on your background and what you do for loopers.
1: Sure. Uh, I am president of Curtis Stokes and Associates Inc. Uh, We're a yacht brokerage firm. Uh, We have uh, 10 offices and 50 brokers around the country, and uh, we specialize in marketing and selling great loop-capable boats, and uh, several of our brokers are platinum loopers or gold loopers, and uh, that's what we specialize in. Been at it for quite a while. We've been an AGLCA sponsor for many, many years and uh, appreciate the relationship, Uh, And we've certainly witnessed uh, a lot of changes over the years and the growth. And uh, we're here for the long run to support uh, the loop. And we're just here to try to help people buy and sell boats as best we can.
0: And and right now, there are a lot of folks looking to buy. And we know that's kind of a Mm. common theme among some of our newer members. Um, You joined us at this time last year to talk about what had happened during the shutdown, I, I won't, don't want to say that we're post-COVID, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. during COVID, we're still during COVID. So, um, but initially, you know, back in 2020 when things shut down, um, I think we kind of all expected, you know, the worst—that everybody would be looking to sell boats and nobody would look be looking to buy them. Of course, that is not what happened, and we sat here at the beginning of 2021 talking about this kind of boat buying frenzy that happened. Um, so. You know, obviously, boating is a great way to social distance. People were putting off other trip of a lifetime type trips that would have taken them overseas. So lots of people were buying boats. So um, did anything change during 2021 from when you first briefed us about the, you know, the kind of frenzy, so to speak, to find boats and, and the fact that there were a lot more buyers at that time than sellers?
1: Uh, the only thing that changed really was the continued uh, decline in inventory, available inventory on the market, uh, not to repeat what we've discussed past in the past, but to highlight, you know, as this all started in March of 2020 um, and in June, uh, June and July, we doubled our, our sales uh, like so many others. And then it just plateaued and uh, way above other uh, previous years. And then last year, it, it came down very slightly to staying the same. It, we, we had some spikes here and there. Uh, very surprised at how busy December was. Uh, normally during the Christmas holiday, uh, New Year's, it, it slows down a little bit. Didn't slow down a bit. We had a mad rush in December of people trying to close by the end of the year um it was pretty frantic and i thought okay well normally the first 2 weeks of january are quiet because everybody's going back to work going back to school it's only you know the first week of january but i can tell you since monday it has been insane uh the the phones ringing off the hook the emails the inquiries um and it's buyers uh we are starting to get a few more listings uh, but uh nothing like the volume of buyers I've got just some numbers I wanted to throw out to you just to give you an example of what's been going on um, in December of 2019, a total of uh, this is according to yacht world, a total of 2,724 boats were sold uh, of that 2,037 were power and only 687 were sail. Pretty incredible uh, uh, numbers there just alone. But then in December of 2020, the uh, sales the number of total sales was 3743 that's you know over a thousand boats more sold in 2020 than 2019 uh, power was 2854 and sale was 888 so again a huge difference between power and sales selling but then december of 2021 this past december Three thousand three hundred fifty-one boats sold. So, what is that? Just uh, slightly less than three hundred boats from twenty twenty. Still a huge number. So, as I'm saying, you know the the volume of buyers is still there. The volume of sales, and I attribute that smaller number, which isn't that much smaller, to the lack of inventory. If we it had had more. And when I say we all brokers and, and all sellers, uh, all, you know, uh, even for sale by owners, if there had been more on the market, those numbers would have increased. Um, and the numbers between power and sales stayed about the same as far as percentage um, sales been pretty steady, but power boats just went out of sight.
0: And th- those are really interesting statistics and interesting to see that it's, it has stayed so high. Um, with the lack of inventory, um, but knowing that it could go even higher if there were boats available, um, what you know, obviously, so many people bought boats. So the things, the things that maybe had been on the market for a while have sold. How is that inventory shaping up for 2022? Do you predict that there'll continue to be a shortage of boats available for those who are looking to buy them, or do you think things will start to to smooth out a little
2: bit? <laughs>
1: I'm sure hoping it's going to smooth out because I describe this as an unbalanced market. And an unbalanced market in any commodity is not healthy. Um, and I'm certainly not an economist, but an economist would tell you that that uh, you know if we have an equal number of buyers and sellers, everybody's happy. There's transactions going on and buyers are finding the boats they want and the sellers are selling their boats for reasonable prices. When we're in a buyer's market and the sellers are having to continually reduce their price and they're upset because they're not getting a reasonable return on their boat. And then in a seller's market, we have too many buyers and the sellers are increasing their prices and the buyers are frustrated. They can't find a boat. Well, that's what we're in now, obviously. Um, I, you know, I didn't predict COVID. I didn't predict the insane market that we've been in uh, for the past couple of years. Uh, So I'm not a good source for predicting where we're going from here. Uh, Be that as it may, I I still predict that we'll have a steady decline in the volume of sales with a slight increase in inventory. Uh, People keep telling me that everybody who went out and bought a boat irrationally or emotionally or whatever are going to get out of boating uh, whenever we get clear of COVID to some degree. I'm not so sure about that, especially with looper-capable boats. Um, You know, the great loop has become such a a popular thing to do, a a bucket list, and just in general, uh, popular, and boating uh, to get away from it all that uh, I just don't see that demand lessening. And I keep reading and studying about the baby boomer generation of which I am a member at the tail end retiring or about to retire. And it matches the inquiries that I'm getting from buyers who are saying to me, I'm one year out, I'm five years out from retirement, I want to start planning buying my boat, not necessarily just for the Great Loop, but even just for cruising the Chesapeake Bay or the Great Lakes or wherever. Um, So I still see a steady supply of buyers coming into the market Uh, I don't see a sudden shift of sellers just suddenly dumping their boats on the market because the inquiries we're getting from sellers selling their boats is for them to buy a bigger boat or a different type of boat. So a lot of these people who bought a boat during COVID are actually contacting us saying, "Okay, it wasn't quite the right boat, but it was fun. So now I want to sell that and buy another boat. So that kind of negates the whole inventory issue because they sell that boat, but then they're buying another one. Uh, so I, I don't see a drastic change in the market unless we have a macro uh, economic effect on the market, like a major recession or war, or whatever, uh, that, that affects the whole economy. Uh, it's just the demand is there, the money is there, uh, the desire you know, is definitely there to buy boats. Uh, so, we just need the inventory. Uh, some of the things that I'm seeing are just this morning on Yacht World. I, every morning I get up and I look at price reductions and new listings. And I'm noticing more and more price reductions, especially on, like, say, the high powered center consoles with three, four, or five engines uh, hanging off the back. I think that market got a little overheated uh, and a little over uh, ahead of itself. So we'll see some price reductions there. I think some of the sellers also got ahead of themselves on pricing, uh, especially owners of older boats. And I'm sure you're going to ask me about insurance and financing and all that. But you know, 30 years and older, is those boats are not selling like hotcakes. I mean, it's the newer boats. If we list a 2000 and newer boat, it's sold very quickly if it's priced right and in good condition but the older boats are taking a longer time to sell. So the sellers have to be more realistic in their expectations on their pricing. And in some cases that's not happening and the boats haven't sold. So they're now starting to reduce their prices. And this morning I saw that quite a bit suddenly. And We usually see that uh, the first week of January where people say, okay, we made it through uh, the holiday season and we haven't sold our boats. So now let's get the price down. Let's get this thing sold uh, and move on.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned that about some of the older boats and we will jump into the insurance issues and the financing issues a little bit. Um, But, you know, I think there's a perception now since a lot of boats have sold and it's a little bit harder to find boats that what's left um, is either older boats where the sellers have unrealistic expectations because it is a seller's market um, or things that otherwise, you know, the seller is either hadn't been intending to sell, but thought if I can get X for the boat, I'm going to go ahead and sell it. Um, or what's left are things that other people have rejected. Is that what you're seeing, or is that kind of a misconception based on the the way the market is right now?
1: No, there's certainly boats that are on the market that have been through multiple surveys. There are boats on the market that are grossly overpriced. Like one the other day, I had a buyer inquire about, and I showed him the sold comparables it was over $100,000 above the last sale price of a similar brand and model. I mean, that's the extreme. So we have some of that, but we do, I'm not saying we're not selling older boats. We're selling a lot of older boats, but they have to be priced for the market and the market is not overheated as it is on the newer boats because of financing and insurance. Uh, We have so many new to boat ownership buyers that are struggling to get insurance and financing, and they have to go with the newer boats uh, to have a chance of buying, unless they have plenty of money and can pay cash uh, and have some insurance uh, uh, option, you know, other than the main market.
0: Yeah, and we're going to jump into that a little bit um, because it does tie in so closely with what you do. I know that that's not you know necessarily where you're, you're expert. But because you deal with it every day, you have a lot of information for us. But one more question kind of about this supply and demand cycle. Um, it's pretty typical for some loopers to buy a boat for the loop, do the loop, sell the boat. Um, you know, some sell the boat in favor Very of something terrible. that is, you know, going to keep them cruising. Um, some just move on to RVing or whatever the next thing might be. But so we, we certainly have some looper boats that have been around, uh, you know, two, three, four times at this point. And I think um, if we look at our statistics for the boats completing the Great Loop, it was obviously low in um, 2020 because of COVID. Um, I want to say it topped out at 150 or so, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a little bit less than that. Most of those finished in the first half of the year because either they finished before COVID started or if they were near crossing their way, they continued after March when things shut down. Then in you know, the second half of 2020 and the first half of 2021, we saw almost no wake crossings. Um, In the middle of 2021, we were sitting at July 1st and we had seen two or three people who had crossed their wake. Um, That certainly picked up in the second half of the year because people didn't start cruising again until the second half of 2020. So, you know, a year later, they started crossing their wakes.
2: In the end, we had
0: 128, if I'm not mistaken, boats crossed their wake in 2021. Um, lower than a standard year people thought that you know 2021 would be insane with the number of people crossing their wake but because so many people didn't start in 2020 not as many finished in 2021 but to to kind of make that long story short there was a a a lack of loopers finishing the loop and putting their boats on the market for a good 12-month period there Um, but as it picked up in the second half of 2021 did you see some of those looper boats start to come to market and do you expect that to continue into 2022 as we get to a more more normal, whatever that might be, looping pattern people are finishing? Are, more, are you seeing more loopers turn gold and put the boat up for sale? And might that help some of people who are desperately searching for that boat?
1: Yes, um, we are seeing some, but not a tremendous volume, not as much as some people predicted because I'm finding a, a number of people have extended their cruising after completing the loop, crossing their wake. And they're saying, well, let's go back here there, or let's keep boating uh, because they didn't want to go back to land or back to wherever they came from. Uh, So it's, it's certainly not the volume of turnover that we would normally see. And there's so many people that are still owning a boat that want to do the loop that held off because of COVID or the, COVID uh, uh, affected border uh, shutdowns and things like that. So there's a lot of pinup, you know, and anticipation of doing the loop next year. And they're holding onto their boats longer, either in storage or just cruising and doing a a regional cruise until they can do the loop. So it's skewed everything. I mean, there's just no rhyme or reason to any of it until you get into all of the effects that are going on here. Um, And I don't uh, see it, Uh, I don't I just don't see a mad rush of people putting their boats on the market, completing the great loop and then dumping their boats. Um, Now, what we do see, uh, which doesn't help brokers, but, you know, it's a fact is a number of people in this uh, very hot market are selling their boat themselves. There's a lot of for sale by owners, uh, you know, especially with the Internet. And it does work. Uh, We are working with a number of buyers who uh, compensate us as their buyer broker so that we can sell them a for sale by an owner. So a lot of you know owners are uh, allowing brokers to sell their boats. Some aren't, you know, because they, they uh, sense that they don't need the assistance of a broker. So be it. I think as the market slows down to a more normal, as we keep calling it, uh, expectation, then uh, we'll see people start to list their boats for sale because it becomes harder to get the boat sold on your own. And especially for someone who's from outside of the area, who's not going to stay on the boat while it's for sale uh, or doesn't live nearby. Uh, So that that will change some. We'll have more inventory as brokers, uh, you know, as time goes by. Yeah.
0: Let's take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors. When we come back, I do want to kind of talk about the insurance issues that we've touched on briefly. I want to dive into that a little bit more. Um, and also talk about the importance of a buyer's broker in this market, um, you know, particularly the, what the pitfalls might be if you're trying to, um, if there's a boat listed for sale by owner and, and it's done completely without brokers, um, there can be some challenges there. So let's do the, the message. We'll be back in a moment.
2: Did you know that every mile of the Great Loop is covered by both the Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob? Use them to plan your Great Loop cruise and learn about the places you can visit. In the cockpit, important navigation info is always ready at your side, plus marina listings, anchorages, services, and so much more. Each Skipper Bob and Waterway Guide is updated yearly, and waterwayguide.com and skipperbob.net keep you current with navigation alerts, cruising news, fuel prices, and special deals. With the Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob at the helm, you'll always be on course, Order yours today at the AGLCA ship store at greatloop.org. Waterway Guide and Skipper Bob are proud sponsors at the Admiral level with AGLCA.
0: We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Curtis Stokes of Curtis Stokes & Associates. He is updating us on the status of the boat buying market as we launch into 2022. Curtis, in the first segment, we talked a little bit about some of the challenging challenges with insurance and financing, um, particularly with older boats. We do have... Um, Uh, one of our insurance sponsors coming in the coming weeks to be our guest and update us more thoroughly on the insurance markets, but kind of give us the highlights and how it affects what boats people might be able to purchase.
1: Sure. Uh, It is still affecting the market, uh, especially insurance much more so than financing, but financing seems to follow insurance on their guidelines so most of the insurance companies are not keen to insure about 30 years or older. Several are now at 20 years and older. Um, some people are getting liability insurance policies only, uh, but I'm also hearing of some companies that are reluctant to issue those too. Um, the other side of it is, is the buying side, uh, their ownership experience level. Uh, The insurance companies have had just so many claims that they have really cut back on their liberal uh, policies for people who have not owned a boat before or have very little boating experience. We used to be able to connect some of our inexperienced buyers with a captain or training captain uh, like Chris and Elise Caldwell um, and some of the other AGLCA sponsors And they would get insurance after the captain signed off on their uh, comfort level that they could run the boat. that doesn't even seem to be allowed in a lot of cases. Now they're basing it almost solely on ownership experience and they don't want to insure someone on a boat more than 15 feet larger than the largest boat they've ever owned. Now we are spending a vast majority of our time on the telephone and in person in initial conversations with buyers about this, uh, that they've never heard about this or they've heard snippets of it and they don't really understand it. So we are spending an enormous amount of time educating buyers, new buyers on the insurance market. And we've gotten to the point now where we're practically insisting that buyers get pre-approved for insurance because we've seen numerous cases over the past couple of years now where um, for years we would just not even discuss insurance. We would go through the survey and then the buyer would get their insurance and we would close. Then the buyer started saying, well, I'm having trouble getting insurance. And so we had to start backing up and saying, okay, let's make sure this is a boat. You can get insured. Now it's absolutely critical because they're going to waste their time traveling around the country. They're going to waste their money and money, and they're going to waste their money on surveys And then the worst thing that I've seen happen is uh, early on, several buyers accepted a boat after survey and then couldn't get insurance. And it was a real dilemma. So, uh, you know, some defaulted and had to give up their deposit. um, And and some we were able to search all over for insurance and finally found some. Uh, I have seen quotes that are absolutely outrageous. uh, You know where it was typically one to one and a half percent of value per year for insurance. I'm seeing quotes three, four, even five percent of value. And and one buyer asked me, "Is this a reasonable quote?" I said, "In this market, uh, probably, but in a normal market, absolutely not. It's outrageous." And I said, "You really need to keep shopping for insurance." Um, And. You've got to know. So, so I'm getting buyers coming to me saying, "Well, I want to buy a 55 foot boat uh, to do the Great Loop," and uh, they're just not going to get qualified. The biggest boat they've ever owned is like a 17 foot ski boat. The insurance companies really start uh, cutting back dramatically on boats 50 foot and larger for inexperienced buyers. Some buyers are having to buy smaller boats for a year or so and then sell and buy a bigger boat or they're having to pay an outrageous premium for a medium-sized boat in their uh, regards and then shop again in a year or so. So uh, it's very frustrating for the buyers. I have a lot of sellers who say to me, well, I have insurance. I'm like, yeah, you might, but you know, getting new insurance is a lot different than getting reinsured. So uh, it's it's the sellers have to be prepared for this too because they think they have their boat sold and then the buyer can't get insurance.
0: Yeah, and I... Um... Yeah, from my perspective, I am hearing from members on a regular basis and I see it frequently um, on social media where somebody has bought a boat <laughs> that far into the process. I don't know whether they've literally closed, but phrases it that, that they have bought a boat and now, now have discovered that they can't get it insured. So one of the benefits of working yeah. with an expert like Curtis up front is that you find that these things out much earlier in the process and save yourself some time and money and heartache, of course. And that kind of leads me into the next question, which is, you know, it's a seller's market. There's lots of boats going up for sale by owner. Um, As you mentioned earlier, you can still have a buyer's broker represent you. Of course, that broker needs to be compensated by someone in that equation. Um, And typically if it's a for sale by owner situation, Uh, sometimes then the buyer will be the one who compensates the broker. But give us just a few reasons, you know, why people should consider still being represented, even if it's a for sale by owner situation.
1: Sure. Um, As you know, I'm a big advocate of buyer brokerage, uh, having somebody represent you uh, in the transaction. Um, We, you know, with what I said earlier about so many for sale by owners uh, out there, um, I cringe every time I, I look on the Internet and see on Facebook or on the forum, uh, well-intentioned opinions about you don't need a broker uh, that I've sold my boat uh, personally or I bought a boat personally with uh, no assistance. And uh, what they don't know is that, let's say the seller had a, a loan on the boat, even if they paid the loan off and that loan was Uh, uh, registered with the U.S. Coast Guard as a lien, well, somebody has to get that removed. And I see it time and time again where one of these people will go to sell their boat and everything went smoothly because all they did was sign a bill of sale, have it notarized and took it in and had it state registered. The buyer of their boat now goes to document it with the Coast Guard and the Coast Guard goes, hey, you know, this is still owned by, Jim Jones, and there's a lien on the boat. And we we have to then backtrack and go find that seller. Hopefully the seller is alive or available and uh, the bank is available and, and cooperating to get that lien removed at the Coast Guard. We also constantly see very minute problems with documentation and state registration where it's just a simple Hull ID number inverted. Uh, the two numbers changed accidentally, or the whole ID number on the transom doesn't match what's on the Coast Guard documentation or state registration. That holds everything up. We can't get the boat transferred. Uh, we had one the other day where uh, the gentleman bought it about a year ago, never registered it, never documented it. He said, but I have a bill of sale from the seller to me. You can't transfer ownership of the boat with a bill of sale from two other parties, so he has to now go and document the boat. He has to delete the previous registration at the Coast Guard um, and document it, and then he has to transfer title to the buyer. Uh, so when you're when you're not dealing with the people who are guiding you through the process, you have to make sure you somehow know the process and do it correctly because it may all go smoothly up front, but it's at the end where we see all the problems. Um, And the documentation companies are not going to let things slide because it's their liability, you know, and they're the ones that are going to get sued. And sometimes us, you know, as brokers, because we got into the middle of this, not knowing that this had happened previously. Um, That's why when we list a boat, we always ask for a copy of the state registration or the Coast Guard documentation. And we're even doing abstracts of title now when we list boats, uh, just to make sure there, there aren't any issues that will trip us up down the road. Problem is, we sell a lot of other brokers' listings because we are buyer brokers. We don't have access to some of that information. Uh, so it does become an issue. Um, so, yeah, if, if a buyer broker from the very beginning, and especially in an overheated market, because people are calling me saying, I'm really, really frustrated. Every boat I call on is under contract, but it's not uh, marked sale pending. The problem is, <clears throat> for years, all brokers use Yacht World. I mean, it was the, you know, the, the website to go to. Yacht World has lost a lot of members because they've been just just uh, unbelievable in their pricing. They, they it's, Pricing has skyrocketed and driven a number of small brokers off the platform. So we now have to look at multiple websites to find boats. The problem is a lot of those websites don't allow us to mark a boat sale pending. And so it looks active to the general public. Um, and yes, there are brokers that don't remove their listings. We call on other brokers listings and they sold a year ago or two years ago. Uh, so it is frustrating, but it depends on the website and how you know, their, their their system is set up, whether we can even market sale pending. And most brokers don't mark a boat sale pending until the buyer accepts the boat because we have so many times where a buyer will back out of a deal for some reason unrelated to the boat. And so the boat keeps going in and out of sale pending, and it gets a reputation unfairly. And that's the thought process behind most brokers saying, to be fair, we don't market sale pending until it really is 100% going to close, uh, you know, without all the contingencies. Sure, it's not a perfect system, but that's the system we have. But I know it's very frustrating to a lot of buyers who are just out there calling and emailing and not getting inquiries from not getting responses from brokers. I have brokers that I'm still waiting a response from for two weeks ago from for my buyers. They just went on vacation and they're gone. And I just cannot get any uh, response back. So it it is very frustrating. Um, We have a lot of new brokers in the market uh, who have no experience. They just suddenly became brokers. And that happens every time the market uh, is this strong. Um, and and it's not just boat brokerage, it's car sales, it's real estate, you know, see people say, wow, there's easy money here. Let's, let's become a yacht broker in this case. Um, there are still some very, very excellent yacht brokers who are trying to do it right. And we enjoy working with them. Um, and, and we make the process smooth, uh, as best we can, uh, without all these hassles that are coming up with the internet, you know, causing a lot of it, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And, and one thing I like to put in a plug for all of our, um, sponsors who are yacht brokers and you can find them in our sponsor directory on the aglca website Um, but one of the things that happens with a community like aglca is that our sponsors are active in the community they get plugged in with other loopers and you know there are boats that uh, looper boats that are finishing up the loop and getting ready to sell and we'll reach out to someone like curtis and say i'm getting ready to sell and and curtis already um, if you are have a buyer's broker who's plugged in with loopers, then they may know of boats coming to market and be being giving you kind of the, the forward look at what might be coming up and, and may be able to connect you with the boat you're looking for before it hits the market. So, you know, just another advantage to sticking with the AGLCA community and working with one of our sponsors is that they, t- they typically know um, what might be available soon. Curtis, uh, just as we wrap up, any final tips for those who may be out there searching for a boat in 2022?
1: uh you know again uh getting pre-approved for insurance working with a buyer broker and not just anybody who calls themselves a buyer broker but you know one that really is one who travels uh who inspects boats for you as a buyer and uh you know is there for the showing and is there for the survey you have to work with a broker that's intimately involved in the transaction and not asking for courtesy showings from the listing broker otherwise just work with a listing broker directly. Um, but, uh, you know, getting pre-approved for uh, financing upfront also, and uh, just being patient uh, with the inventory issue uh, that you're going to have a lot of boats that are under contract you inquire about. And for the sellers, I'm even recommending a, a pre-listing survey, which I never recommended previously. Because we have so many condition issues uh, for some of these boats going on the market that are tripping them up on survey, it will save the seller money in the long run if they know what issues they have and can put their boat on the market with a clean oil analysis. Or if they don't get it, then uh, a clean one, then they can address the issue before listing the boat for sale or being in the middle of a sale. So uh, everybody, you know, just be prepared for a, a market that's still a little frustrating but getting slightly better.
0: All right. Great information. Um, This is going to continue to be a hot topic for quite some time, I think, Curtis. So if there's any developments, certainly let us know. And We appreciate you sharing all of your uh, time and knowledge with us today. And thank you for your long-term sponsorship of AGLCA. Thank you. And thanks to all our listeners. We will be back again next week with another episode of great loop radio until then safe cruising.